that Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place to magnify who Jesus is. No matter where we're at or what we're going through, Holy Spirit, you are in this place. And we ask that you just continue to reveal the heart of the Father to us. That there are new orders going forth. Concerning your family, concerning your job, concerning your assignments. So have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. It's time to rise. And when you rise, you'll see. You'll see, you'll see, you'll see. You'll see with clarity. Preciseness. And your hearing will be in such a way that you'll know where to be and what to do. And when you step, it'll be with boldness and confidence and courage because you know it'll be of me. And always remember that if I'm for you, who can be against you? Now, Father, we just praise you and we worship you and we honor you for your power and your presence, your word. Holy Spirit, I ask you to think through my mind, to speak through my mouth. That the spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might and knowledge and the fear of God makes us of quick understanding tonight. That as your presence is here, every burden is removed, every yoke is destroyed. And that Jesus, you are lifted up. I expect every person, no matter where we're at or what we're going through, to receive answers tonight. Strategies tonight. Action steps of what we can do to bring you glory and honor. We bring you glory and honor. Our heart is to bring you glory and honor. That you get glory and honor in our families, glory and honor in our businesses, glory and honor belong to you, Father. Glory and honor. I declare your lordship over this nation. I give you glory and honor. Glory and honor over our physical bodies. Glory and honor. Glory and honor belongs to you. Glory and honor. Glory and honor over our finances. Glory and honor. Glory and honor. You get all the glory and all the honor. Hmm. There'll come a weight of my glory that's stronger than you've seen. The weight of my glory. Kelemondo shamramakidi shelemondo una maningo do shamane mani itoko ne mani itikoni itikana. It'll make the uncommon common. It'll make the crooked paths straight. It'll make the lame to walk and the blind to see and the deaf to hear. Hmm.
Much glory is coming. The weight you'll not withstand. The glory is coming. And it'll bring a restructuring across my land. The glory is coming and my voice will be heard. The glory is coming. Father, we welcome your glory. We welcome your glory. Now we open ourselves to you tonight. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to teach us. The teacher of the church, you are welcome to teach us the holy written word of our Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You please stay in that attitude of worship as we listen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you would go ahead and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. And if I haven't got to meet you, my name is Trey Johnson and uh, we do go to church here when we're in town. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like we need a name tag when we come. My lovely wife Heather is with me and my mother-in-law Judy. Ephesians chapter 4. Pastor, it's always an honor and a privilege uh, to get to be a part of, of what God's doing here. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11. We're going to read through 16 in the New King James Version. And it says, He Himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth and love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by whichever part does its share causes growth to the body for the edifying of itself in love. I want to read 16 again for from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth to the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now we are in a time as the body of Christ, like pastor said, we travel uh, all over the country world, different parts of the world and different types of churches all the time. Um, And as a, The body of Christ as a whole, there is a sifting taking place. 
I talked to ministers from all over and different denominations. Um, and, and there is a dividing line that's taking place in the body of Christ. This is the body that you're called to. And every one of you have giftings. Every one of you have an assignment. Every one of you have callings that are on the inside of you that are designed by God to supply to this body locally, which affects the body globally. Every joint supplies. Every joint supplies. Every joint supplies. If my elbow decides that it doesn't want to do what it's created to do, it affects what my hand does. And if it affects what my hand does and my hand doesn't do what it's created to do, then it affects what my body eats, which affects the overall function of my body, which affects the overall assignment that my body is called to. What, what, what I'm saying is I want to challenge you to rise up and be the part in the body that you're called and created to be. That there's a gifting on the inside of you. There's a calling on the inside of you. There's an assignment on the inside of you. And it's time for each and every one of us to develop everything that God has placed on the inside of us. That it is very selfish of us not to be everything God has called and created us to be. Every joint supplies. Say every joint supplies. Now, now go to Acts chapter 10. We're talking about living an uncommon life. Acts chapter 10, the foundational scripture for this series that pastor's been on and uh, and Pastor Eric and Nikki and they've just been doing such a great job teaching God's word. You know, you are very blessed people. The ministry gives. Can we give the ministry, the leadership team a hand clap? And I want to encourage you, don't take that lightly. Don't, don't take drawn on the anointings of God that are in the men and women of God in this house lightly because uh, we are here for such a time as this. We have what it takes to be the warriors in the body of Christ that we need to be. It is not time to back off. It is time to move forward. It is not time to lay down. It's time to get up. It's not time to keep our mouth shut. It's time to open our mouth all for the glory of God. Acts chapter 10, verse 15, and a voice spoke to him again the second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. In the Amplified, it says, what God has cleansed and pronounced clean, do not you defile and profane by regarding and calling common and unhallowed or unclean. Now think about what he's saying there. This happened several different times and God was was talking to Peter about who he was called to make a difference in the Gentiles. And God was saying, what he cleanses is clean. So I want you to think about whenever Jesus redeemed you and I, every part of us was redeemed. Acts chapter 10, verse 34, you keep reading in this. It says that God is no respecter of person. That if God reached one person... 
and brought them from being common and connected them to an uncommon God. And God made all of them uncommon. See, you're not common. You're not designed to be common. When God reached out to you, he was bringing you from common to uncommon. When God sent Jesus to redeem you and I from the curse, he brought us from the power of darkness, brought us into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. He was saying, I am no respecter of person. And when I redeemed you, I redeemed all of you. And what I've called you from common to uncommon, your gift is uncommon. Your dream is uncommon. Your calling is uncommon. Don't you settle for being common. God doesn't see you as common. He sees you as uncommon. We serve an uncommon God. He gives us an uncommon spirit and he gives us an uncommon name, the name that is above every name. And he is putting a, 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 an assignment, a innocent, honest, a demand, so to say, for us to rise up and be the body of Christ, which is not common. The anointing of God is not common. We are the body of the anointed one and his anointing. And we're designed by God not to do common things, but uncommon things. Now, I know you know this, but go with me to first Timothy chapter one. First Timothy chapter one, verse 18 and 19. First Timothy one, verse 18. He says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you that by them you may wage a good warfare. Verse 19, having faith in a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. Now in the Amplified, it says through these prophecies, be inspired and aided by them that you may wage the good warfare. Now remember in Second Chronicles 20, verse 12, they didn't know what to do, but they said, God, our eyes are upon you. And then God gave them the instruction. He says, believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. So believing in God establishes us, right? Gives us stability. Gives us strength. But he says, believe in the prophets and so shall you prosper. So Paul is telling Timothy, take the prophecies that have been spoken over you and wage a good warfare. Now, I just want to read some of this because... Think about whenever he says, Matthew chapter 10, verse 41, it says that whenever we receive the prophet and the word of the prophet, prophet, we receive the rewards of a prophet. So we receive, so, so I'm saying this because in today's, in today's society, it is very important that we learn how to draw upon the giftings and the anointings of God that we're attached to in order to be everything we're called and created to be. I don't just need my anointings, I need your anointings. And when you're connected to this house, you're not just doing this on your own. I want to encourage you and challenge you to draw upon the anointings of Dr. Savell and Miss Carolyn. I want you to draw upon the anointings of Pastor Justin and Pastor Ned. Draw upon the anointings of Pastor uh, Eric and, and Nikki. Draw upon the anointings of Brother Copeland. Draw upon the anointings of all the ministries that you're connected to. Because the same God that wired them and designed them and graced them and gifted them. You and I need what is in them and on them to do what we're called and created to do. So when we receive these words, we're receiving the father who spoke these words and the anointing to fulfill these words. So we've got to ask ourselves, which group are we in? Hold your place. I don't know where I told you to go, but go with me to Luke five. 
Luke 5. And I want to ask you, what group are you in when you come into the house of God? Luke chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Think about this. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Just because God is doing something doesn't mean He's going to do it in my life if I'm not laying hold of it. So all the doctors, all the lawyers, the Pharisees, Sadducees, the power of the Lord was present to heal them, but nothing was happening. Verse verse 18, Then behold, men, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven. Verse 24, he says, Arise, take up your bed and walk. Now picture this, the power of the Lord was present. Which group are you in? The power of the Lord can be present to bring change in our life, but are you of the group that is sitting there and just being a hearer but not a doer? Or are you of the group that's willing to get up on top of the roof, rip the roof off, and get in the presence of Almighty God? Which group are you in? Are you in the group that toked your horn because you love Jesus and has a bumper sticker and says, Ah, hallelujah, bless you, Lord, but you ain't doing anything with it? Or are you of the doers because it's the doers of the word that get results? Which group are you in? When you come in here, which group are you in? I don't apologize for being a little bit intense and a little bit passionate tonight because I see all different denominations, all different stages that the body of Christ is in. And it is not time for us to throw in the towel. It is not time for us to lay down. It is time for, to, for us to take our place as the body of Christ. That's a body that wins. That's a body that overcomes. It's a body that lives victorious. It's a body that praises. It's a body that shouts. It's a body who's not ashamed of the goodness of God. But we've got to decide, what group am I in? What group are you in? Let's keep going. I don't know where I told you to go, but we'll just we'll read here. Luke 5, that's where we is at. Now, I want to read. We're talking about the prophetic word. We're talking about drawing upon the anointings. We're talking about... Uh, the law of association, we need each other. I mean, Heather and I will drive down the road and we're continually, even though I'm not here very often, to do what we're called and created to do, I'm drawing upon the anointings that we're connected to because it's not enough for me doing it in my own anointing. We need each other. So when you step into the business office, you need the anointing of the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, because you were created by God to live an uncommon life, not here in the four walls of the church, but out there. We serve an uncommon God who's given us an uncommon spirit and an uncommon name to live an uncommon life. So when you fellowship with the prophetic words, like Paul told Timothy, the same anointing, the same spirit, the same heartbeat that birthed the words through the men and women of God is the same graces that we take a hold of. 
Think of Abraham and Lot. Lot increased because of his covenant connection with Abraham. See, our covenant connections were not meant to be common. They were meant to be uncommon, which produced uncommon results. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, it says that bad company corrupts good character. So whatever you're fellowshipping with is going to get on you. Good or bad. If you're fellowshipping with CNN all the time, guess what's going to get on you? Constant negative news. What are you fellowshipping with? Let's keep going. Now this is, and I just want to read parts of this because I feel like this is where we're going tonight. This is from Dr. Savell. Back in October, he says, A new era has begun. More and more signs and wonders will be seen in 2021. For those who will heed my voice and obey my words, they'll experience my goodness and my power as never seen nor heard. They'll see the fruit of their faithfulness come bursting forth and they'll prosper and flourish like never before. Abundance and overflow, that's what they'll see. I'll bring it to pass because of their love and their obedience to me. No longer will their enemy have the upper hand, for my spirit is moving and an outpouring of my power is coming upon the land. Many triumphant victories will mark this new era. It's what I've planned, so rest in me. Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Refuse to be swayed by what's said in the news. With me on your side, how can you lose? So stay with my word. It's faithful and true. I'll bring it to pass and great things I will do. Yeah, give the Lord praise. So I want to read the part where he says, Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it. What's our job? Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Miracle after miracle. Now, uh, Brother Hagen in his, his book, uh, Gifts of the Holy Spirit, defined miracle as a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature, a temporary suspension of the accustomed order through the Spirit of God. I want to read that again. A miracle is a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature, a temporary suspension of the accustomed order through the Spirit of God. And Dr. Savell, the Spirit of God through him, says, Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Miracle after miracle, that's what I will do. That's what I will do. Miracle after miracle, that's what I will do. Miracle after miracle, what's our job? What releases it? What gives it a right to show up in our life? We are decreeing it and receiving it. Miracle after miracle in our physical bodies. Miracle after miracle in our finances. Miracle after miracle in this body. Miracle after miracle. See, we serve an uncommon God who's given us an uncommon spirit and an uncommon name to do uncommon things. And He wants miracles, which is not uncommon to God, but it's been uncommon to us, but it's supposed to be common in the kingdom. Miracle after miracle. It's what I'll do. Say it. Miracle after miracle. It's what he'll do for me, for me. See, it's very important that we take ownership of what God is saying to us because it's easy for us to think that God will do it for Joseph. 
God will do it for Vic. God will do it for Dr. Zavelle, Pastor Dusty, let's go. But what about us? No, we've got to get to the point that if God is going to do miracles for anybody, it's going to be me. If God's going to answer anybody's prayers, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to walk in the power of God, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to walk in abundant overflow, who's it going to be? Me. me. See, it's our job to receive it and declare it. Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Go with me to 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. Miracle after miracle, that's what I will do. It's what I will do. It's what he will do for me. Say for me. It's what he will do in my finances. It's what he will do in my body. It's what he will do in my marriage. It's what he will do in my kids. It's what he will do. A miracle, a divine intervention. It changes the order of nature. Miracle after miracle, it's what I will do. Verse 9. It says, and when they had gone over, Elijah said, now you can read the first eight verses in your own time because it's, a, it's the process of a shifting and a shaking, a displacing, things changing, an outpouring of the Spirit. It shows us what we can do, uh, how to position ourselves of our personal surrender to God where we get out of religion, we're not settling for mediocrity, we're, we're laying some stuff down before the Lord, our, our heart is coming in alignment with His, we go through a process of overcoming and fighting and, and spiritual attack, but we win, we go on and we walk in the supernatural power of God. And so here we are in verse 9. And when they had gone over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I'm taking from you. And Elisha said, I pray you let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He said, You've asked a hard thing. However, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Now think about that for a sec. He's saying, what is it that you want me to do for you? And he says, if you keep your eyes focused where they're supposed to focus, then you'll receive it. You think of the distractions that we have in our world today. How, how many things are after our focus to get our eyes off the promises, to get our eyes off of the word, to get our eyes off of our assignment, to get our eyes off of what's going on. No matter what the government does, it doesn't change the God that we serve. And he goes on to say, and he said, if you asked a hard thing, however, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. As they still went on and talked, behold, a chariot of fire and horses of fire parted the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Now, that's a, a miracle in itself. A miracle, a divine intervention, a change in the course of nature's nature is suspended now, now, the chariots of fire and the horse of fire, I'm not going to teach on this, but I want to interject it. Because where we're at today, we've put a lot of faith and a lot of trust in, in men. And in that time, the, the chariots and the horses represented the military power. And it's very important that we have great military, and we do have great military. I'm so thankful for the military that we have. But they're still not our source. And so you see a changing because the chariots and the horses represented the strength and the power of the nation. But God was saying there's a changing taking place. There's a shifting taking place. Keep going. Verse 11, and they still went and talked. 
Go down to verse 12. And Elisha saw it and he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah and fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. And he took the mantle that fell from Elijah and struck the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had struck the waters, they parted this way and that. And Elisha went over. Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Are we really believing God for miracles or are we just saying it? Miracle after miracle, it's what I'll do. It's what I will do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Go with me to Exodus 14. Now, for time, I'll just summarize it because we've got a long ways to go and the, the time goes fast when you're up here having fun. So Exodus 14, miracle after miracle, it's what I will do. You think of the miracle that took place when God delivered the children of Israel from Egypt. Mountains on one side, Pharaoh behind him, breathing down his neck in the Red Sea in front of him. And he was being real religious and he said, you know, stand still and see the salvation of God. Like we say a lot of times, you know, Lord, I'm waiting on you. Lord, I'm just waiting on you. And and the Lord interrupted Moses and said, hey, Mo, not a good time to sit still. Why don't you go forward? And so Moses, he lifted up his rod. And miracle after miracle is what I will do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. And a miracle took place. He intervened in the course of nature and parted the Red Sea. But not only was workings of miracles taking place, but it also took uh, the gift of faith to take place. Because not only did the miracle part the Red Sea, it took supernatural faith to keep the walls separated from off of them. Miracle after miracle is what I will do. Decree it and receive it. And know that it's true. Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Miracle after miracle. It's why do I keep saying that? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When Jesus turned water into wine, that was a miracle. When Elijah told the widow woman, what else does she have left? And she said, I have just a handful of meal and I have just a little bit of oil. That was a miracle whenever she brought her first cake to the man of God and he said, your meal will not waste and your cruise of oil will not fail. That was a miracle. Whenever Elisha told the the widow woman to go borrow vessels and not just a few. And and he brought what he had, she had to the Lord. And it was a miracle that the oil kept flowing. See, miracle after miracle, it's what I will do. Miracle after miracle, it's what I will do. But we've got to get our faith up for miracle after miracle where God intervenes. He changes an order. He changes a course Miracle after miracle, it's what I will do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Miracle after miracle. Miracle after miracle. When you come to this house, I want to encourage you to start expecting miracle after miracle after miracle. When you, when you give your tithes, your offerings, you lift it up to the Lord, start expecting miracle after miracle because that's what He will do for me. 
I decree it and receive it. And I know that it's true. Miracle after miracle in your physical body. It's what I will do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Miracle after miracle in relationships is what I will do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Miracle after miracle. Miracle after miracle. A divine intervention in nature. A divine intervention. See, we serve an uncommon God who's given his, his uncommon spirit and an uncommon name to do uncommon things. The uncommon name. The uncommon spirit. It's, it's not uncommon to him. But it's, it's been... Uh, well, let's just go over there. First Corinthians chapter two. And the Lord has had me going over first Corinthians two for months now, almost on a daily basis. An uncommon spirit. See, when we were separated from God, if we would have died. We would have went straight to hell. But when we called upon the name of Jesus, we come into the family of God. The life of God entered our inner being. We were recreated in Christ Jesus. First Corinthians chapter two. And I want to encourage you. To have ears to hear right here. And in verse 6 in the Amplified, it says, When we are among the full-grown, spiritually mature Christians who are ripe in understanding, we, in, we do impart a higher wisdom, the knowledge of the divine plan previously hidden, but it is indeed not a wisdom of this present age or of this world, nor of the leaders and rulers of this age who are being brought to nothing and are doomed to pass away. So I want to pull out... This uncommon spirit, whenever we're praying. So he's talking to the spiritually mature here. And he's talking about whenever you're praying in other tongues. When you are, you are, you're in a place of relationship. You're praying the, the hidden wisdoms. You're praying out the divine plan of God. Previously hidden. You're praying out an uncommon plan. You know his plan is good. Ephesians 2.10, it's a good plan. God has a good works. We're, we're created in the, in the image and likeness of God to do good things, to do uncommon things, to live an uncommon life. But it's going to take an uncommon spirit that empowers us to live an uncommon life. An uncommon spirit, not common to the world, it's common to us that makes us uncommon. Because when you're praying in other tongues, you're praying out something that you don't know. You're praying out the plans. You're, you're praying out the mysteries. You're praying out the secrets. You're praying out the solutions. An uncommon God who gives us an uncommon spirit to empower us to live at an uncommon level and an uncommon life. Let's keep going. Verse 7, but rather what we are setting forth is a wisdom of God once hidden from the human understanding and now revealed to us by God. It's revealed to us by God. Now it's revealed to us by God. That wisdom which God devised and decreed before for the ages for our glorification. Now the word devised and the word decreed. When you look at those words devised and decrees, it means that God has a very complex plan. But this complex plan for your life, he's revealing it to you. And when he reveals it to you, it's with an authoritative order. So when God reveals to you who you are and what you're called to do, there's an authoritative order. In other words, all of heaven is backing up what he told you to do. So when you step forward, you're not stepping forward in your own might or your own strength. You're stepping forward with an authoritative order. This is who I am. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm created to do. And ever devil in hell, you better bow your knee in Jesus name. See, an uncommon God fills us with an uncommon spirit to do uncommon things. 
So what do we have maybe that we're not tapping into? A couple of days ago, I woke up and the Lord says, know what is yours and take it. Know what is yours and take it. Know what is yours and take. What was he saying? I want you to be uncommon. I want you to look into here and find out what is yours and take it. And he keeps going on. You can read it in your own time for time. I'm not going to spend much more time, but it's talking about whenever you're praying in other tongues, an uncommon God fills you with an uncommon spirit and he's revealing to you the wisdom, the strategies, the plans. So if you haven't received the infilling of the spirit of God with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, don't leave here tonight without receiving that gift from your heavenly father because it's life changing. It's an uncommon God who wants to fill you with an uncommon spirit for you to speak out the wisdom and strategies and truths for your life. So an uncommon God fills us with an uncommon spirit and he gives us an uncommon name. Go with me to John 14. To live an uncommon life. An uncommon God fills us with an uncommon spirit. Gives us an uncommon name. To live an uncommon life. John 14 verses 12. Most assuredly I say to you. He who believes in me. The works that I do. He will do also. And greater works than these. He will do. Because I go to my father. And whatever you ask in my name. That I will do. That the father may be glorified in the son. And if you ask anything in my name. I will do it. Now the word ask. In the Greek implies demand. Whatever you demand in my name, I will do it. He says the works that you do, the works that I do, you will do and you will do greater works. Whatever you demand in my name, I will do it. Whatever you demand in my name, I will do it. Go back to what we started with miracle after miracle. That's what I will do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. See, when Jesus spoke to the storm and it was stilled, that was a miracle. It was an intervention in the order of nature. It was God's supernatural ability empowering him to live an uncommon life. God is wanting you and I to rise up to live an uncommon life, that we make a difference. We have an uncommon God. We have an uncommon spirit. We have an uncommon name. And he says, in my name, in my name, live an uncommon life. Whatever you demand in my name, that will I do. When is the last time you have demanded something to change in his name? When is the last time you've spent time praying out the mysteries and the truths and the secrets? When is the last time that you believe God? Miracle after miracle, it's what I will do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. In my name, miracles begin to happen. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name is a name that gets things attention in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Philippians 2, verses 9 and 10. It says, it is the name that is above every name. An uncommon life is realizing that we have the name of Jesus in the name that is above every name. See, we have an uncommon God who's filled us with an uncommon spirit and given us an uncommon name to live an uncommon life. In the name of Jesus, resources come in. In the name of Jesus, sickness be gone. In the name of Jesus. In the name, the name, I encourage you to spend time meditating on the power of his name. Mark chapter 16, the power in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is above cancer, it's above diabetes, the name that is above every name. 
the name of Jesus, an uncommon God fills us with an uncommon spirit and gives us an uncommon name for us to live an uncommon life. Mark, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, verse 15, Mark 16, verse 15, he said, to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. These signs will accompany. These signs will come alongside. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. In my name, they will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands upon the sick and they will recover in my name. When we use the name of Jesus, it's the same as Jesus doing it himself. Because he gave us the power of attorney to use his name. The power of attorney means that we're given the authority and dominion to deal with situations on his behalf. In my name, demonic strongholds, you come down. In Jesus' name, body, you listen to me. In Jesus' name. See, we, we can get so familiar with just putting Jesus' name on the end of our prayer that it loses its weight, it loses its value. I want to encourage you to go back and knock the dust off the importance of understanding the power of the name of Jesus because an uncommon God has filled you with an uncommon spirit and given you an uncommon name, the name that is above every name for you to take territory all for the glory of God. But it doesn't come just because you flap your mouth. It comes when there's faith in that name. Remember Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4, the man at the, the, the gate called Beautiful, and Peter says, silver and gold, I don't have, but what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk in the name that is above every name. Think, which group are you in? Are you the group that just comes to church and just, oh, that's good, pastor. That's good. Oh, that's all good. Whoa, wasn't that good today? But nothing changes. What group are you in? Are you the ones that are willing to rip the, roof off, rip the roof off and get in front of the master? Are you willing to do things that are uncommon to get uncommon results? Are you willing to open your mouth and get out of the boat and walk on water? It's easy to say, oh yes, bless you Lord here in church. But what are you doing tomorrow? Are you waking up in the morning? Are you saying in the name of Jesus, body, you listen to me. In the name of Jesus, eyes you see. In the name of Jesus, ears you hear. In the name of Jesus, doors open up. In the name of Jesus, abundant overflow, you come to me now. Miracle after miracle is what I will do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Miracle after, in, in Jesus' name, when's the last time? That you've got your faith to a place because of decreeing it and receiving it and declaring it in the name of Jesus. 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 A name that is above every name. Miracle after miracle. See, the name is given to you and I to live an uncommon life. When situations arise that stealing, killing, and destroying, we are backed by the government of heaven to use the name. I told you this story before that 
you know, a while back I was doing a roping school over in Decanter. I do a lot of, you're like, what a roping school? I team rope uh, professionally also, so I'll do a lot of roping clinics and things like that. And we're sitting in here in this room and a tornado is outside. I didn't know what was all going on, but we're, you know, we're going over film and stuff like that. And they come in and they just, they just, ah, a tornado's coming. You look outside and it's pitch black. I mean, it's coming right towards us. I mean, a fear just filled that room instantly. And I said, whoa. I said, no tornadoes coming here as long as I'm here. And I just begin that, I begin to command that thing in the name of Jesus to dissipate, to go around us, begin to speak to the high and low pressures in the name. And within minutes, the thing you can see just goes right around us. This guy looks at me and says, boy, you got the juice. I said, you can have the juice too. His name is Jesus. <laughs> see, there's power In the name, there's power in the name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee bows and every tongue confesses. In the name of Jesus, the Father, he stops what he's doing in heaven. And it's like we get his attention. Somebody's calling my son's name. Somebody's using my son's name. It says the name has power in heaven. The name has power on earth. And the name has power under the earth. Every devil in hell has to listen when you speak the name of Jesus. Not religiously. Remember Acts chapter 19, the sons of Sceva. They're hearing what Paul's doing. They're seeing what Paul is doing. And it says signs and wonders and miracles are taking place. So they said, I adjure you by the Jesus that Paul preaches. Come out. And they says, Paul, I know. And Jesus, I know. But who are you? And by the way, you almost made my hair grow earlier singing. I just, I when I looked at you, I was thinking, well, I'll just worship and I think it's growing. <laughs> My, my stubble's extending. <laughs> but anyway, the devil said, Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know, but who are you? Does the devil know who you are? We're not, we're, we're past the age of playing church. We're past the time of, well, I, I belong to the first church of the frigid air, and I belong to the first church of Zama Zama. I'm telling you, religious walls are coming down in the name of Jesus. And we're going to come together as the body of Christ. And we're going to use the name that is above every name. In the name of Jesus. Cancers, you dissipate in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. I was preaching and I was preaching on just the greatness of God. And this lady had a car wreck and and she had run her head into a telephone pole. And the doctors didn't want to get it out because it's too close to her brain. And you could feel it in her hair. She come up and said, can you feel this right here? And part of the telephone pole was still sticking out of her skull right there. And I just began and just the anointing of God was was just on me. And I laid my hand upon her head and I command that thing to dissipate in the name of Jesus. And right underneath my hand, you could feel that wood just dissipate. Why? Because the name of Jesus is above even wood stuck in a skull. The name that is above every name. I was at a, a rope in, in, in New Mexico and I, I come out and I rope this steer and I go down the back and there's a bunch of, of Indians there. And this one guy, he was just so drunk and he's working the back gate and the steer runs into the gate and smashes, breaks his arm right here. And you could see the bone almost coming up out of the skin. And I'm always listening. Because, you know, there was times that Jesus, he walked by the guy at the gate beautiful for years and never did anything. 
He said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. And so I'm asking, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to pray for it. And I grabbed a hold of that thing. And this guy was drunk. The bone was coming out. And I said, I command you to come back into alignment in the name of Jesus. And you could just see the bone just go right back down. The guy sobers up and he looks at me. And I just, and I said, on the inside, I'm like, Lord, what else you want me to tell him? Just tell him I love him. See, the name of Jesus is above every name. And we shout in church and we dance in church. But God wants miracle after miracle. That's what I will do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. I had another rope in this lady. She is so, she's just wasted drunk. I mean, just loud and everything. This horse kicks her, Vic, and just snaps her, her femur, her thigh. Isn't that the femur right there? That bone right there? Anyway, this bone right here. And she's laid down in the arena. And I mean, she's just, ah, I mean, she's just creating words. I mean, she is letting them fly, you know? And so I'm listening. I'm like, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because once again, we want to we do, we, we do what God shows us to do. And so the people are laid around her. And so I just walk through the crowd and I just lay my hands upon her. And I said, ma'am, I'm going to pray for you. And of course, she's drunk and cussing and everything else. And I just begin to command that thing to come back into alignment in the name that is above every name. And that bone come back right back into alignment. And she stood up. And I said, God needs you to know that, that he loves you. And I just walked away. She was completely whole. See, the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, miracle after miracle, it's what I will do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. I told you this story. I'm talking about the power of the name of Jesus, an uncommon God filling us with an uncommon spirit, giving us an uncommon name to live an uncommon life. Heather and I are at Las Vegas a couple years ago, and I'm preaching out there and roping out there. And I get done preaching that morning, then I go get ready to compete. And I'm out there, and my phone rings, and Heather says, you've got to get to the arena right now. And so I instantly, in her, in her voice, I knew there was no question. That, so I just took off, and by the time I turned around, somebody was already loping to me to grab my horse. And I just took off running to the arena, and I jumped the fence. And what had happened is this young man roped this steer, and his horse fell down with him. And whenever the horse fell down, his head was the first thing that hit, and it knocked him out. And then the horse was trying to get up and was stepping on his head every time he was trying to get up. And so as, I'm, as I jumped the fence, and I'm seeing it, I mean, you could feel the spirit of death just like that. Time I get to him, he's blue, the blood coming out of his ears and everything. And I'm just commanding the spirit of death to take his hands off of that boy. And I'm speaking to his brain. I'm speaking to every part of his body in the name that is above every name. And his dad's running out there and I get a hold of his dad and I let him know this isn't the will of God. This boy will live and he will not die in the name that is above every name. To make a long story short, we go through the whole process. They didn't know if he's going to live. He went into a coma. We go up to the hospital, Heather and I, and we're talking about it, creating an environment of faith. They said, well, then, then he come out of the coma. They said it might be six months before you were, you know, and then three months. Within three days, they released him completely whole. <laughs> miracle after miracle, it's what I will do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Miracle after miracle, it's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Miracle after miracle, a divine intervention, Vic. An uncommon God gives us an uncommon spirit, uncommon to the world. And gives us an uncommon name. Not so we can look religious. But so we can live an uncommon life. 
He says, in my, my name, lay hands upon the sick. In my name, cast out devils. In my name. In my name. I want to challenge you. Start using the name of Jesus because you're in him and he is in you. And start changing things around your place in my name, 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 in the name that is above every name. What situation do you need to speak the name of Jesus to? What situation do you need to declare the name that is above every name over? An uncommon God who fills us with an uncommon spirit and gives us an uncommon name to live an uncommon life. I want to challenge you tonight that if you haven't been spending time with the Holy Spirit, if you haven't been using your prayer language, don't leave here tonight without receiving the infilling of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been using the name, and I could sit up here for hours and tell you story after story after story of power in the name of Jesus. But I shared a few of them with you. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God that the name of Jesus is. And I could, t- I could sit up here for hours of what it does in the church. But I'm not telling you stories that happened in the church. I'm, we are the church. And it doesn't happen to me just because I'm a preacher. I didn't sit out thinking, I think I like to be a preacher. No, it happens when we believe it. Whether we have a bumper sticker that says, I love Jesus or not. If you have one, great. But there's more to it than that. I better watch what I say. (laughs) You know, we're on, and if you haven't watched our TV show yet, we're on DirecTV and several other different networks. But, you know, I get... Uh, comments all the time of people, you know, getting upset at me because of my cowboy hat. And, you know, it, it, it's ridiculous. And so when I make the bumper sticker comment, people's feelings get hurt sometimes. So know that it's time for you and I to lift our thinking. To lift our believing. I'm going to leave this thought with you. An uncommon thought produces an uncommon belief which produces an uncommon behavior. See, to the world, it's not common to speak to a dying boy and command the spirit of death to come off of him and him to rise up and live and not die. But when you have an uncommon thought, you're spending time renewing your mind with the word of God. So what was once foreign to you now becomes normal to you. Now you begin to think in alignment with the word of God. An uncommon thought produces an uncommon belief that produces an uncommon behavior. You speak to that storm. Where did that behavior come from? An uncommon thought produced an uncommon belief that produced an uncommon behavior. But it's no longer it's no longer foreign. It's going to be common for you and I to live an uncommon life. An, unthought, an uncommon thought produces an uncommon belief, which produces an uncommon behavior. I'm not saying be a fruit loop. I'm not saying, you know, go around screaming, oh, hallelujah, around the grocery store. Yeah, oh, come on. I mean, if that's what the Lord leads you to do, you just help yourself. But what I am saying is through relationship with God, an uncommon God 
gives us an uncommon spirit and an uncommon name to live an uncommon life. And as you spend time with this uncommon God and you get his uncommon thoughts and you make them your uncommon thoughts, it produces an uncommon belief, which produces an uncommon behavior. And it's a behavior of victory. Did you get something out of the word tonight? Can we give the Lord praise, Pastor Justin?